you know, there's colors that come from different minerals that again, sort of like related with the planets and that sort of thing, which was, the whole thing was just like, where am I? Like, I always say, and this is so corny, but I was like, I felt like I was in Hogwarts. Like, I was like, I'm literally here, like studying magic. This is so cool. <laughs> Welcome to the Crystal Guardian Podcast. My name is Caressa, and this is a show on which I share about my life as a healer and crystal artist. Here, we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness, art and spirituality, giving a voice to the visionaries of today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone tuning in. Today I have with me Annalise Solis from the little island of Trinidad. She is an amazing artist. I found her through Instagram Reels. What a, what a modern way <laughs> to, to find someone. She creates beautiful, beautiful, cosmological, uh, kind of inspired, insanely beautiful, intricate artworks, mainly using foraged pigments and uh, natural pigments, which is such a beautiful, beautiful thing to do in my humble opinion. And yeah, I think everyone tuning in who knows my work already knows why I am very intrigued by what you do. But Annalika, you quickly share a little introduction of who you are and how you came to this moment right here, right now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Annalie. <laughs> the work that I do is based on um, traditional Indian miniature painting, but it sort of encompasses um, a few different styles of uh, miniature painting. It's really just kind of drawing inspiration from that and heavily focused on astrological, astronomical, cosmological imagery. And I, you know, point out those three things because I love this kind of reunion of astronomy and astrology, you know, one being this kind of observable, scientific, um, kind of, I guess, accepted way of viewing the universe and one being a more mythical and magical, um, symbolic way of viewing the universe. And, you know, I love in my art to kind of draw those two things back together because, you know, the <laughs> universe is magical and I say cosmological because it is too intended to bring back about this new cosmology that, again, like encompasses a cosmology of the past as well. That's what I try and bring out in my art. Um, and yes, I use uh, natural pigments mostly. That's my intention for the most part. But, you know, we kind of, we use what we have. I've come to paint this way from, I guess it, it's been a really long journey. So I don't know how far back you want me to go to sort of get to where I am today in the way Tell that me whatever today. feels good for you in this moment to share. So whatever you want to, you want to kind of talk, share about your, your journey, what points were kind of detrimental for how you came where you are now? I'm recently sort of coming out of um, a master's degree. I mean, when I say recently, it's been <laughs> like two years, but we all know the past two years have felt mm. a little bit, you know, strange time was kind of skewed in those um, two years. So that is kind of my most recent 
that's just where I sort of feel like I am is kind of like moving on from that. And that um, degree was in traditional arts at the Prince's School of Traditional Arts in London, which is just an incredible, like I can't even believe that I had the opportunity to go there and to learn from all of these masters. It's an amazing school. And I think it's really the only one of its kind in the West that sort of draws on um, ancient, traditional arts from so many different cultures, mostly in the East. Um, And then it has a really like strong basis on Islamic Mm. geometry and, you know, the whole kind of anagogical and symbolic kind of way of creating It's a beautiful, beautiful place. So um, I studied there for two years and that was really where I sort of got introduced to the miniature painting and um, traditional ways of preparing paints. So that was all, you know, very new and fresh to me. And prior to that, I had just been living and working in Trinidad as an artist. Um, I painted in an entirely different way to the way that I paint now, which was a beautiful step of the journey. Um, But I'm sort of grateful for the, I guess, maturity that has come out of having the opportunity to study at the school. So I used to paint a lot of, um, you know, mystical beings and, you know, just in like a very kind of intuitive sort of way, just exploring really the same kind of themes that I'm exploring now. But without, I guess, a certain level of kind of research into the way that these were, these themes were kind mm. of explored in the past, which for me has just been very exciting because I love to look at old manuscripts and old kind of like astrological charts and those kinds of things. I think it's fascinating to say that, to see the way that these were traditionally portrayed. And they always kind of like, I mean, that's what I love about them is that they kind of, they convey information, but it's illuminated and it's beautified in this way that's sort of what it's expressing in words. It's also expressing through art yeah. and beauty. I get really excited. Oh, it's when beautiful I, um, because what you're... When I, Think yeah, about what you're sharing is really kind of taking from the past and, and re-translating that into something that is applicable right now. And that feels kind of home to you and your expression. And I think, I mean, me too, I've been kind of amazed by, you know, like the Islamic intricateness, like the, the artworks that I create are very much kind of geometrical. So, you know, in, in Islamic kind of way of creating those, what's the word for it? It's, it's, um, kind of like a mandala but not a mandala right like it's it's really yeah they're just beautiful like ordered geometric yeah. patterns i guess and they like the islamic like they were just masters of geometry you know like you see geometry obviously in so many different cultures and like and in so many like different forms of media and traditional work you know you see it in like cathedrals and um, temples and that sort of thing but then also in the book arts and really just on you know just seemingly mundane objects like a vase or a plate or something there's like you know these kind of geometric patterns but the way that the Islamic masters did it is really just extremely profound and there is so much of a like a cosmological essence to it you know it's not it's not just doing patterns because Mm. patterns are pretty you know but these patterns are expressing an like an interior harmony and they really they do they are cosmological you know because it's it's (laughs) I don't know what I want to say it's (laughs) yeah I guess it's just it's it's almost like it's hard to put into words as well because it's something that is kind of beyond our comprehension and that is more so I think a collaboration with the divine in in creation and you know that's just hard to put into to put into words yeah and that's 
That's such a beautiful way of putting it too. It really is like a collaboration with the divine or like a participation in, you know, this divine ongoing experience, Mm. which I mean, geometry is just such a perfect way of expressing that, you know, because it is, you know, you look at a flower, for example, and you could clearly see this perfect geometric harmony, but it's not perfect. You know, it's the petals grow like a little bit you know, a little bit off or whatever, but you could see that there is this fivefoldness. So like to see a perfect geometric pattern is sort of, it's expressing that like interior, um, interior is not the right word, but it's like, it's this sort of archetypal perfection, you know? So it's like the archetypal perfection of the flower. Nothing in this world is perfect but archetypally everything mm. is perfect, you know? It's like there is this sort of perfect structure and system through which, you know, this sort of imperfect world kind of yeah. comes into being. I mean, this is this is honestly, this is the way that I think all of the time. And sometimes it's hard, you know, I don't, I just want to like be clear. I don't want to be a hypocrite because I mean, we're all human beings. So, you know, sometimes we have a hard time not seeing the separation between, you know, us and another person and you know and I try to live my life in this way but art at least allows me to really reflect on these things and really express them and kind of you know I learn a lot through art it's sort of painting and and researching and drawing there's just you know you you get to really engage with whatever reflection it is you're having while you're you know while you're painting so yeah, art is kind of like the medium through really sort of coming to understand these kind of insights mm. that we're discussing. Beautiful. So how did that kind of, how did that journey start for you? Because I feel that there is one part of you creating your art, but also a part of kind of exploring these themes of spirituality and astrology and kind of like all these topics. How did that came to be? Okay, so to go way back, you know, when I left school, um, like secondary school, I just started painting, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have very supportive, you know, parents who, you know, love creativity and, you know, they're very kind of um, supportive of that. So I was able to nurture just my impulse to be creative. I've always kind of like had, you know, like an artistic talent. But of course, I was a teenager and what I, you know, as much as you're free to express your creativity, you still have to think about your career, you know, so it's kind of thinking about how I can, you know, be an artist as a career. And what I was exposed to as a naive teenager, I, you know, I worked in a local art store. And so I saw a lot of Caribbean art, which is so beautiful and which is so like expressive, you know, of the Caribbean. It's all like a lot of bright colors and, you know, flowers and landscapes and beach scenes. And I mean, this is again, very broad. There's so many different types of Caribbean art, but in the store that I worked at, this is what I was exposed to. And this is kind of what I started painting quite a bit more. And, you know, it took a little while to sort of realize that that's not, it wasn't my experience. You know, it didn't really feel like my kind of true expression of, you know, of life as much as sure, you know, nature is beautiful and the Caribbean (laughs) is beautiful. (laughs) Um, So I kind of instead started exploring just different mediums of creativity. I think even like stopped painting entirely for a little while. And I, you know, I experimented with photography and I was, you know, just, which was really a fun medium for me because it wasn't just, you know, like taking pictures of things. I was, it was very imaginative kind of art photography. So I would come up with an idea and 
I would sort of make a little set and I would make costumes and I would have like my friends model or if I would see somebody who kind of like suited my idea, I would reach out to them like, hi, not to be weird, <laughs> but do you want to, you know, pose for my picture? <laughs> so it was a lot of like really kind of fantastical scenes. And I think this was late teens, maybe early 20s that I was kind of doing photography for a little while. But eventually I just kind of got bored of it. Like I don't love the technical aspect of photography and I wasn't like that willing to really learn all about, you know, the camera and the computer. Mm. And, you know, it's just, well, I'm not great <laughs> with technology. Uh, <laughs> and I miss like that, the tactile experience of painting. That's what makes my heart sing. That's what feels just true and good to me. So I kind of, I did start doing that a little bit more and I was, you know, exploring other little kind of creative things my father and I had a small business making um, wooden souvenirs. So he did woodwork and he would, you know, carve out these little, just all kinds of things. It'd be like napkin, like napkin holders mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. key racks and those kind of things. But they had like, you know, toucans and cool. you know, like breadfruit leaves and these kinds of things. So all of these little kind of Caribbean things. And then I would stain them and paint them and sand them. I spend just days on end sanding these little things. <laughs> um, so anyway, just like other, that wasn't necessarily my kind of creative expression, but it was just, just to say that I love, I'm just always trying to do something creative and I always mm. love doing something creative. So anyway, now what really shifted for me and kind of like led me, I think, on this kind of current trajectory is um, my father became very sick. And this was, I think, in my early 20s, um, I think when I was 22 in 2010, he um, mm. passed away. And this is, you know, I, this was such an important kind of step and an important experience for me. And I, you know, I think that there are these kind of moments in people's lives and, you know, whether positive or negative or whatever it is. But for me, it was really this you know, losing my father, which is not the first time I've experienced death, but it was the first time that I've experienced the death of someone so close to me and who I love mm. so, so dearly. So that, that I think really, it, it's just, it's such a bizarre, you know, shift in perspective and, you know, to just experience that, that pain, which, you know, I speak about openly because I think it's beautiful. I think honestly to experience that much sorrow and hurt is is an expression of love you know it's just like it's the other side of the spectrum of feeling like euphoric love it's yeah. also you know just feeling this depth of of love to feel that kind of that pain and loss and it also so it shifts this you have to come to terms with death like like what is death I mean I, I grew up in a religious family and you know a catholic family so I was kind of you know, been familiar with Jesus and Mary and heaven and hell and that kind of thing. And it's fine. But this really, it's, it just turned everything on its head. I started, you know, exploring spirituality and exploring like what, what this mystery of life is. We have no idea what life is. <laughs> we call it life. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, that's, that just, I guess, mm. sums it up. But we, don't, we really don't know what it is. We don't know why we're here. We don't know what happens. And it's, you know, it was me exploring spirituality, but also my brother and sister, who I'm very close with. We were all kind of, you know, this was obviously an experience yeah. for all of us. And I think we all kind of got into that kind of, um, yeah, that really sort of exploring this depth of, of what life truly is. And 
again, from such a painful experience, I I was so easy to see, like, you know, in the years later, like how, just how beautiful and important that experience was and how much beauty mm. came out of it. You know, not just the physical beauty yeah. of like the art and that sort of thing that was created, you know, but just in life and relationships and understandings yeah. and, you know, everything. It's It's just... Yeah, like I, I can really, really feel you on that. I recently lost my grandmother, who I was really, really close with, like really kind of a second mother to me always, you know, like picked us up from school, had dinner with us. So really close relationship. And, and as she was passing as well, for me, it was kind of this experience of like, there's this intense grief because you're losing someone. But at the same time, you know, like we were all showing up for her as a family, being with her. 24-7, having all these beautiful, beautiful conversations on life and what you want for each other. And it's it's like she she blessed me and uh, my fiance right now to get married just a few days before she passed. And, you know, kind of, yeah, it's, it's like a bittersweet period. Like it was a bittersweet period for me. Like a lot of beauty is in that experience of death. And yeah, it's like really kind of opening also the gates for rebirth and yeah, just, yeah, I can really, really relate to what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, and it, the beauty just continues to come mm-hmm. out of it, you know, I think. I mean, obviously there's different ways that people can deal with, of course, like really painful experiences like that. But it's really is, it can be such a window for so much growth and, you know, just love yeah. and beauty and mm. yeah, and, and, and it does... It does continue to to bring that, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, that was, you know, as I said, this was like 10, over just over 10 years ago. And that was kind of really the beginning of this kind of, the sort of way that I started painting where I would just, very intuitive, um, just, I would sort of just think of an idea. I was reflecting on a lot of spiritual themes or whatever. And just what would come out, I think, it was really beautiful in a way that it's, I could see, I could look at it and really see, um, I think, which is, you know, true of any art form and any kind of artist experience, but I could see the different ways that I had been creating before all kind of like coming together and, you know, this kind of synthesis. So it had like a lot of these bright, bright colors and like big brush strokes, which is just, that's just kind of like the... <laughs> I've, not to put it in a box, but I feel like that's a very kind of like a Caribbean way of expressing mm. things, you know, like we're just very kind of colorful, big, bold yeah. kind of people, you know, a lot of that came out. But then also I felt this kind of freedom to just explore fantasy, which is sort of what I think photography and like my weird little fantastical photography journey kind of taught me, you know, it's like I don't have to. If I'm painting a face, it doesn't have to be, you know, a face that I've seen. It could be a blue face with a third eye. And I was painting a lot of open third eyes because that was just what I was exploring more and more. And for me, it was like, that was also just a symbol, like the open third eye is just like a symbol of, you know, awakening spirituality and that Mm. sort of thing. And I, I created that way for like, I don't know, I think like just two years, just like, just fun and free, not thinking about what I'm going to do with this. Um, I can't remember if I shared it that much at the time. I think I must have, but I feel like I wasn't, I didn't have like a proper Instagram page. Or, <laughs> anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I had a, um, an exhibition 
which was like my first solo exhibition in this really cool spot in like just in town here that's it wasn't like a proper gallery and it was just it was so perfect for me at the time because it was a place that it actually used to be like it was an old house that used to be like a halfway house for um like young like gay men and you know who I guess like at the time like weren't accepted by mm. society and that sort of thing so this was kind of like a place that they could come and it was a lot of like artists I think it was run by artists I can't remember all of the history of it but it was just a really cool old space and they kind of made it into a gallery and basically I rented it out for two weeks they just gave <laughs> me the keys and they were like like you do you so I kind of framed the work myself. You know, some of it was just like little bamboo frames mm, yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, I've, when I say myself, of course, I have like a whole community of, you know, friends who are helping me out. And yeah, I had this exhibition. We got to like paint the front wall of it. So I did like this huge mural on the front cool. wall to kind of advertise. And it was really cool. Yeah. So this was just such a good experience for me because it was, it sort of confirmed for me or affirmed for me the sort of validity of you know just being true to yeah. yourself <laughs> you know it was this is just what I was exploring this is just what I was painting I hadn't seen that much work like this you know it's kind of like sort of like visionary art but it wasn't as much of you know when I speak about visionary art it's sort of like this kind of movement this, I, I guess started by Ernst Fuchs and I had like, you know, it has lots of vibrational patterns yeah, and those kinds of things kind and, of um, it's very stuff yeah. yeah, like very, yeah, I love that actually. <laughs> but there's like, you see it a lot like in the US and I think they have like this academy in Vienna, Austria, the uh, Vienna Academy of uh, Visionary mm. Art. Anyway, so it's like, it's a very, it's, it's just, it's like, it's a very clear, you know, like this is visionary art. It's, it's like yeah. Alex Gray and that sort of thing. Anyway, it wasn't quite that what I was creating, but it was kind of like on that, yeah. on that border. Side note, I know that I said, like, I don't want to talk about this that much, but here I am. Um, <laughs> it was very successful, um, you know, almost sold out and it was lovely and I met a lot of amazing people and it was just such a great, beautiful experience for me, you know, sharing mm -hmm. my work in that way and just seeing that, like, it has value and people do want to see these things and connect with these things. And it's, again, I didn't say, like, the type of work was very... It's what I called, you know, people might look at it and say like, oh, it's portraits, you know, because it was always, there was always people, but I call them personifications, mm. you know, because yeah. it was, a, as I was saying, I would explore a theme and I would, I loved this, like using a face because you can look into someone's eyes and, you know, you feel connected with them instantly. So like through painting faces, I sort of felt like there's this human connection that is able to convey mm. a message was it kind of like a, a feeling or or a vision portrait in kind of like human form or? Yeah, it was mm. all of that. <laughs> the thing is, I, I paint because a lot of times I'm not that great at, you know, speaking in words. <laughs> it's like, it's all images. But also I'm not that much, I don't really have visions per se, like even like with psychedelics and that sort of thing. I just, I've as much as I'm a very mm -hmm. visual person, I don't have these kind of like esoteric sorry, visual yeah. experiences that much but yeah. it comes through me it, you know so it's it, instead of it, it I don't know coming into your your mind it comes out of your hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's like that's how I see it and and right now I, I I read something on your on your website that really spoke to me which was 
You wrote something along the lines of, uh, you just want to create beautiful things, whatever you do. This is a concept that I love as well. Um, I went to art school myself, but I quit after first year because it was a bit too structured for me and um, lots of different reasons that I quit as well. I was like, oh, art's just a hobby. That will never be my job and kind of like a whole. But in that in that way of creating, I always felt that it was, it couldn't just be beautiful, you know, and it couldn't just be, you couldn't just create something because you just loved it, you know, like it had to have like all these reasons and it had to be developed and, you know, like what's the concept behind it and go deeper, deeper, deeper. And, and at some point, you know, like sometimes that is amazing and beautiful and it can create like a very layered, beautiful piece of work. But sometimes also I just felt like I just want to create something because I want to make the world a just a little bit more beautiful, you know, and just, so yeah, I'm really interested to kind of like hear what, what, what your take is on that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I think like sometimes it's like we, it, it's sort of like bringing this kind of logical left brain way of thinking, you know, into like art, which is, uh, it doesn't follow those rules. It doesn't follow like words and logic and it's not linear you know, again, like there's, there's a balance and, you know, these things can be unified. And I mean, I, I love to, you know, think of a concept and, you know, I, a lot of my current work now, I, I do a lot of research, you know, depending on what it is, but yeah, like sometimes if something just wants to come out of you, like it's, you know, some kind of beautiful art wants to be created, it just has mm. to happen. Like it just, you know, when I was uh, preparing for exhibitions in the past, um, <laughs> there's like this really fun moment um, for me where me and my sister and brother kind of get together. I have this body of work and we now have to name my pieces because I just created <laughs> them. I didn't think about what this meant at the time. So we all just kind of, you know, just lay all of my pieces out and we're like, okay, so this woman, she kind of feels like she's, you know, like expressing this. Okay, like what's the yeah, word for yeah. that? So, you know, so, and then it maybe comes off as if I thought about this a lot beforehand. I didn't think about it. It just happened. <laughs> it just happened that way. And that's the feeling that, you yeah. know, that I get. And I think that's okay. You know, I feel like in a strange way, as much as, you know, we're talking about art now, I mean, it's an unspoken thing, you know, that's, that's the beauty of art is that it doesn't need to be clarified in words, but of course, words can be an art form yeah. as well. So, <laughs> Absolutely. But I, yeah, I love what you're saying. Like it's, um, you know, there, of course, there is space for work to be very researched and, and that is amazing too. Like some of my pieces are researched as well, but yeah, also keeping that space for just pieces that, you know, like you don't have to explain it, but you can just feel it. And, and that's enough. Yeah. I think that like on the other side of it, what's really nice about kind of researching work beforehand is that you're sort of like slotting into like a lineage in a way, you know, just this lineage of the way that this, this thought or this energy or this archetype existed and manifested through mm. you know different humans like we're all like one long ongoing human community and ongoing like human lineage you know so it's nice that. to see how other people express these things yeah. yeah and then you know bring bring that through as well like connect with you're not the first like no thought is original you know you're not like the first person to think of this of course that being said you know intuition is intuition there's no <laughs> there's no need to explain it you know but it's yeah. nice to it's nice to sort of connect with 
yeah, you know, yeah. the way that it was expressed in the past. We're, we're all kind of like the culmination of all of our masters and, you know, like people that we've taken inspiration from and that kind exactly. of like, yeah, yeah. That I, I I love that kind of that vision of you know like you you being a lineage when you do research work kind of passing it on I feel and yeah 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 I think that that was I mean that was so beautiful for me um, going to the school of <laughs> I keep kicking my table going to the school of traditional arts which you know I didn't go to art school either um, when I was younger it was like it was an opportunity I mean it was it was something that I could have done but it just didn't feel right and I can't really explain why because whatever I was a teenager I didn't know anything (laughs) but I just didn't go you know so I just kind of started just making art but then when I came across the school of traditional arts which was through a few you know different synchronicities and actually I should say you know, after that sort of exhibition that I was talking about and just creating this kind of intuitive work, I found, I felt that like I wanted just a little bit more, structure is not the right word, but I wanted, you know, if I'm just creating these like, these fairy beings, you know, like these, (laughs) I call them fairy beings because they just, you know, they weren't rooted in any one tradition necessarily or any Mm. expression through different traditions. But I felt that I wanted... You know, if I'm if I'm expressing the divine feminine, I want to express it through, say, the Virgin Mary, you know, who is just, you know, such a beautiful, pure expression of a part of this energy. Yeah. Um, so in expressing that, then I found, OK, but if I'm creating this or if I'm creating, say, like Malakshmi or, you know, like I feel like for me to just jump in and create this, I need to I need to have like a, a respect and an understanding of how this has come out mm-hmm. um you know I need to go deeper it's like it's this has been like this long ongoing tradition or religion or you know just way of of understanding certain things and I feel like it's important to have respect for the way that that tradition has been mm-hmm. carried down yeah and not just take from all kinds of different things which you know it's all it's all about being authentic you know and I think that if yeah. you if you are coming from like this place of just like true genuine just love and respect for spirituality and you know religion and that sort of thing then it does come through but for me I'm like always trying to step back and you know how can I be more honest and more authentic and am mm-hmm. I being hypocritical in some way yeah um, so anyway I kind of I wanted to learn more about this and I wanted to connect with it more deeply I, you know, spent a little bit of time studying yoga, like traditional yoga under a teacher, um, which yoga is very intense, you know, when <laughs> like you, I mean, I'm not talking about like, like asana and that sort of thing, you know, but the, like the yogic practice and the kind of Vedic um, tradition and that sort of thing. And it's almost a little bit too intense for just me. I'm kind of like very lighthearted and, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it was a good like learning experience, but it was sort of through that I, you know, came to recognize that I wanted, I, I wanted to connect with tradition more. And then, you know, I came across the school. Yeah. And it was just, it was just so special to kind of really just be able to recognize like the importance of, provenance I guess in a way like if of like where these things where everything has come from and then that's also where I started to learn about traditional ways of making paints and like the provenance of the materials that you use because I always painted with acrylic paints I did not think twice about Mm. where my paints came from where my colors came from I just need to create I'm just going to use whatever I have and you know it's cheap and it's easy and that's just what I learned with 
And then I was exposed to how to make paints and that was just mind blowing. <laughs> mm, yeah, I want to dive all in with you on that topic as well, because it's super, super fascinating to me. Like I create with natural material as well, but it's, you know, like it's still like the rocks in one piece. And then what you do is just beautiful. Um, before we dive in there, I just want to say that that is also kind of, I feel a really beautiful way what research does bring indeed is you you get to really honor the thing that you are creating. And I think also where it's the discernment of, you know, like you're not culturally appropriating something by just, you know, like picking and 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 kind of sharing what you want, but you really dive into, okay, but where does it come from? How can I honor this? Does, you know, like, is it in line with how this should be presented culturally? And it's really nice to hear, you know, kind of like that depth that you also bring into your work by diving into all of those worlds and yeah, showcasing that in the pieces that you create. Yeah, I think that's really, that's really beautifully said, you know, that is, that is what it is to really honor, you know, these things and not just kind of compartmentalize and just take what we want and, you know, mm. just kind of take, take, take kind of way of thinking, which sort of, um, I guess, is like the foundation of this kind of weird modern culture that we all exist in. So it's nice mm. to try and, you know, step back and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Honor that lineage that you were sharing about. Yeah, beautiful. So, okay, natural pigments. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Ooh, um, I'm bumping my own table right now. Tell me, tell me everything because it is so, so cool. So you were introduced to this in art school. Yeah, so this was um, the very first thing that we learned like after orientation and that sort of thing mm. you know we went um into the workshop and we learned from this amazing master David Cranswick he's Dr. David Cranswick I should say <laughs> he's just an incredible alchemist just all around amazing human and he studies um like medieval and traditional pigments and paints and also um, medieval techniques of painting and that sort of thing mm. he's an absolute master and I was just not prepared for this, like in a way that I, I don't know what I was thinking we were going to do or, you know, but I was just like mind blown, just completely in awe. So we, you know, just right to start off with, learned how to prepare paints from azurite, malachite, chrysocolla, which are all copper based minerals. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I was like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't realize you could, you know, just crush them with a mortar and pestle and you get this. And then, you know, yeah. of course, it's a process of yeah. um, washing them to get like the brightest color. But of course, you get this amazing blue and this incredible green. And of course, we learned too about the kind of alchemical symbolism of all of these colors, you know, because mm. um, minerals are related with planets. And so like each, you know, there's... Yeah colors that come from different minerals that again sort of like related with the planets and that sort of thing which was the whole thing was just like where am I like I always say and this is so corny but I was like I felt like I was in Hogwarts like I was like I'm literally <laughs> here like studying magic this is so cool <laughs> oh but I'm, um, like I'm listening to this I'm like I should have gone to this school you know like this <laughs> is the kind of thing that would have you know lit my soul on fire like it's so super cool and it kind of reminds me of, you know, in my work, I 
I often see that people, they, they, they see crystals and it's, you know, like this shiny object that you buy in a store and you forget that it's actually, you know, like it was created in this bubble of gas, you know, like way down, down, down into the, the earth's crust. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like we forget. And I think it's the same with paints. Like you see this tube in the store and it's bright red and you forget that it's actually, it's from the earth. And mm-hmm. uh, at least well, not traditionally, all of, yeah, it was traditionally, from the earth. yeah, <laughs> not, not everything, but um, <laughs> yeah. If you have like yeah. natural natural paint, it's like it's it's this. Yeah, I I love actually. Like I never really thought that it's made of minerals, and then of course that's crystals as well. And I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of you know like chrysocolla. Oh my god, that's like the so yeah. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> it's really, absolutely amazing. Yeah, there's there's like a whole nother layer, and that that influence also the way that you create art using these kind of um, yeah, so 100%. Um, <laughs> because, so also, I mean, we learned different techniques at the school as well. And this is where, you know, I was first exposed to miniature painting, which, you know, we learned with the natural pigments as well, because those are the, that's the way that it was traditionally created. Yeah. Um, and it's because um, the paints are, I mean, they're, they're just wonderfully, if they're like well-made, it's, you know, perfectly perfect standard of paint you know the paints that I make I know how to use them and I connect with them you know but it's not something that you'd find on like the shelves of an art store because it's you know maybe like the particle sizes aren't perfect or whatever but anyway it's sort of the the paint or you know the pigments that you use or that I use kind of informs the way that I paint a lot because it has to it's not like acrylic is the most forgiving medium, you know, like you could just paint this and if you don't like it, you just paint over it entirely. If that happens with the paints that I'm using, I mean, there's, there are ways of like fixing, you know, things, mm. but you do have to sort of have a respect for the way that, you know, the paint itself has like a body and has a life and yeah. you just kind of have to sort of understand the way that it flows and moves. And Is it um, comparable to watercolor? Is it kind of that structure of yeah, 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 it is. It is essentially the paints that I make. Of of course, like, you know, there's the pigments, um, you know, and then to make it into paint is you mix it with a binder. So you can make many different types of paints. But the kinds that I make, um, and we, we did learn a few different binders and how to make these binders in traditional ways. But the ones that I currently use, just because I, I like how they paint and I like the process and it's easier to get a hold of currently is the binder that I use is Gum Arabic, which is the binder that they use for watercolor and gouache as well. Mm. So my paints are kind of like this weird sort of mix of watercolor and gouache. It's just like, it's really just pigment and gum ratios. And I'm kind of, since I've been back here in Trinidad, I'm trying to find a local binder that I can use because gum Mm. Arabic, you know, it all comes from these acacia trees in Africa. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to really like properly connect with, you know, the trees that are giving me this gum and, I don't think that all of the, you know, like acacia, like gum Arabic industry is unethical per se. I think that there are, you know, there are of course like ethical farms and that are helpful to communities and stuff, but it's hard to know. And I like to sort of pay attention to that, you know, that aspect of it as well. Mm. So anyway, yes, I use mostly like a watercolor style. um, Yeah. Yeah. Of paint. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I'm like so, so enthusiastic about everything that you're sharing. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a beautiful way of, of working with it and it's, you know, kind of really infusing 
your work with intention and and love on every level and every aspect of it, also in the way that you're creating these pigments and and creating with them. Yeah, really, that's really cool. Exactly what it is. Yeah, it's it's a lot of intention, and it's just like. I mean, I know like <laughs> this word kind of gets sort of thrown around a lot, but it is like a co-creation, you know, like with nature. I mean, I mm. it's like sometimes people look at, you know, like my little jars of pigments. They're like, oh my God, like, look at that color. You're so amazing. And I'm like, I didn't do it. Like that color literally came from the <laughs> earth. Like I just like stumbled upon it. I wouldn't even say I found it. You know, it's just, it found me. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but it so, was, I mean. <laughs> I, I was going to say, so right now you are foraging your own pigments from the the place that you're in as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was going to go as well. <laughs> so we learned about, you know, like how to make the paints, like the traditional colors, which, you know, there's, there's a certain kind of like palette. I mean, you know, going way, 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 way back to like the original paintings were all like created with ochres, which is, you know, a color we, we call yellow ochre, you know, it's just this kind of like brownish yellow color, but I think like the, like indigenous Australian like word for ochre or meaning for the word ochre was a color or a pigment that comes from the ground. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily yellow. You know, you have red ochres, orange ochres, purple ochres, you know, all kinds of yeah, blue, green, you know, all yeah. different colors. But they are, I think, essentially iron based, you know, so iron would be related with Mars. So as you have um, the malachite and the azurite and there's copper-based minerals are associated with Venus. The iron-based ones are very terrestrial because iron is obviously so rich on this planet, but that's related with Mars. So just side note. <laughs> um, that was how was how very like, you know, cave art and that kind of thing was made with just ochres and um, like ash and that sort of thing. It's basically just like the yeah. very you know, it's easy to obtain colors. And then, um, you know, as things sort of started to become like more refined and I guess there was like opening of like trade and that sort of things, like, you know, as technology and, and civilization, that sort of thing <laughs> progressed, you had, um, <laughs> yeah, you had certain colors, um, minerals, of course, there's like the lapis lazuli ultramarine, which is, was, so, you know, that was like worth more than gold. It was like just this red, this incredibly intense blue. Yeah. Um, and then you also had like plant-based ones like madder and buckthorn and those sort of things, which are, uh, and then of course, indigo, which is my favorite ever, yeah. which also comes from a plant and has like its own like completely unique process. Mm. I know Cleopatra, she uh, used lapis lazuli as eyeliner as well. Right. Uh, and as I yeah, yeah. it's it's really And I think she used like carmine or something, like the Beatles um for her lipstick or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. yeah. Really fascinating how how back then, you know, like people were really, really connected to the earth and finding these things and then kind of figuring out what we're doing right now, what we've completely yeah kind of like made mechanic and it's really really funny to think and also I when I was studying to become crystal healer something that well, that we were taught in the training that you know like she was using lapis lazuli for her eyes but also lapis lazuli is truth of wisdom so it was also to kind of like when she was meeting people that she was talking to it was kind of to have that vision of truth and of wisdom Wow, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm I kind of like connecting all those thoughts in the back of my yeah. mind, also with what you're sharing and, and kind of these, these metals and how they're connected. 
yeah, really, really cool to to have that different layer of it behind it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I love I love that the kind of just like participation of of the symbolism and you know like that's why it's just it's. Uh, just you know, again, it just infuses that sort of intention in every every single aspect of the process. Like in a way, I sort of started to you know realize that like, or I mean, this might seem kind of harsh, but you know, sometimes we kind of like criticize ourselves in these ways. But it's like like it must have been so so hypocritical of me to say that I'm expressing these beautiful spiritual themes, but I'm using like this you know, just mechanized paint that, you know, has, I have no connection with the source, you know, Mm. but I don't think that's necessarily fair to say, but that's just kind of like the way that I, you know, I like to sort of reflect and just kind of go back deeper and deeper. And it's like, no, if I really want to express this, this thing, then I need to, you know, everything needs to be in harmony with this vision. It's not like just the, the, visual yeah. is in harmony but yeah. nothing else is you know? uh, yeah when the awareness is there then it doesn't feel in harmony anymore to create it in that in that way as yeah, before yeah, yeah. Mm. although sometimes it's like it's nice to it's always just a good reflection to have and there are times that you know for example I mean I don't really I don't use any synthetic pigments anymore but I do have a few synthetic pigments just in my cupboard and, you know, that I had bought before I was fully aware. And to not use these, that would just be wasteful because I have them, you know? So it's yeah. sort of, you, you can have this reflection, but it's not like, okay, I'm not going to use this anymore because it's not natural. You know, it's that's not really helpful either. So it's kind of, you know, sometimes we reflect on things and then if we're not able to, you know, say get everything in line or everything in, you know, this harmonious way, then, I mean, that's that's okay. We do the best that we can, but it's important to have these have these thoughts. Yeah. Actually going into that, the, you know, the way that we learned the traditional ways of making paints, of course, is, you know, the colors come from the like metals and minerals and plants and animals and that sort of thing. And it's, it's mystical and beautiful, absolutely incredible. But again, you know, so I was like, now I know where my colors, you know, come from or where colors traditionally come from. And that was so exciting to me. And I, you know, used those colors like throughout my course and thing, but then like coming towards the end and then after graduating and coming back home, I found that again, I wanted to go even deeper. I was like, okay, so I know where this color comes from, but do I know where this mineral has come from? I'm sure that this is something that you consider too, with like where your you know crystals come from, because it's that it's really important to have that awareness of provenance. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know where this was mined from. I don't know who it was mined by and how it affected the you know communities in that area, how it affected the earth, you know, and that kind of encouraged me to even more want to connect more deeply with my own hands, you know, to find the colors in the earth myself mm. and to not, you know, just take, 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 you know, but just take a little bit because I'm just one mayor person and, you know, I could, I only need this handful, you know, this much. And, you know, I ask the earth first and, you know, I'll only take it if it says yes. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So it's That's that, that, beautiful. Yeah, it feels really important. And I have been, you know, continuing to learn from so many other teachers. This kind of pigment foraging is becoming so much more, you're just, you're seeing it so much. Like I'd never heard of it before. And then once I kind of learned a little bit about natural pigments and stuff, and now I'm just kind of 
just seeing these pigment people popping up all over the place, especially in the US. There's like this massive community of pigment people, like especially, I just want to point out like some of my teachers because they're amazing and I feel like it's important to honor them. Mm -hmm. Um, Tilka Elkins, who's, she has this foundation called the Wild Pigment Project, which is just incredible. It's like, you know, like connecting back with the land and with pigments and land stewardship and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, And then she also like has this, a little subscription thing, which I've been subscribed to for a while, where different people forage pigments and send them in, and then she sends them out. And um, so it's like just little pigments from all around the place. Yeah. And then the proceeds would go to, you know, various like charities that, you know, help with land rehabilitation and those kind of things. And so Mm. I've been able to connect with Tilka and learn quite a bit about foraging and like reciprocal foraging from her. And it's, she's just an amazing, amazing human being. And there's so many others in that community, but she's definitely been one of the ones who I've learned, I think, the most from, and I just have so much respect for her. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. I'm right, like, you know, when we're going to stop recording, I think I'm going to go on Instagram and be like, okay, accounts that are talking about this and just follow, follow, follow. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's so many. Like, if you think my stuff is cool, like, (laughs) wait till you see what some other people are doing. Mm. (laughs) But it's been really, it's been so exciting for me to come home. Like, after I graduated, I ended up being stuck in the UK for a while because of, you know, the pandemic Um, and Trinidad's (laughs) borders were closed and I wasn't able to come home. So I was just sort of, you know, stuck there in lockdown for a little while. And then... You know, so I wasn't able to do that much work. I didn't have that much space and, you know, we couldn't really go out that much. So coming back home has sort of just been this amazing journey for me of like really connecting back to this land, you know, this land that I came from, which in a way I've I've always felt connected to because I live here, but I also in a way don't feel connected because my ancestors aren't from this land, you know, they're from... It's all around mm-hmm. Europe, a very kind of mixed. I mean, this whole Trinidad is just a bunch of mixed people, you know, but it's, yeah. it does, you know, coming back to, it just, again, just more like reflections on on where we come from and tradition and that sort of things. It's kind of like, you know, you then have to think about like, what, what right do I have to take this color from this land if this isn't, you know, the land that my ancestors have were like custodians of in the past and that sort of thing, you know. Mm. Um, But it was, it has been for me just this like really magical journey of like reconnecting, like feeling really Trinidadian again, you know, because it's, I'm just connecting with, like I'm amazed by the colors that are coming out of this tiny little island, you know, (laughs) it's, there's like lots of reds and oranges and yellows and in the north, the northern range where there's like a mountain range in the north, very small mountains, but there's a lot of mica in like mixed in with like the clay and that sort of thing. So mm. you get this kind of like sparkly yellow, just amazing. And then yeah. I went um, down to some of the beaches and like on the south coast, which I, where I don't really go often. And there was these just amazing like purple and pink rocks that I was just like completely mind blown to even see those mm. colors like hey on this land. So I was just felt like such a gift. Really and then I cool. went up to Tobago and most of these, you know, little foraging experiences it's just just spending time in nature, you know, just going to a waterfall or something, you know, yeah. I'm always looking around for colors, but I'm rarely ever like actually going on like a foraging expedition, mm-hmm. um, though I have just in the past because it's it's fun to kind of go and explore. But anyway, I just like went to Tobago on a little vacation, you know, which is part of Trinidad and Tobago. 
those green rocks over there, which I was just like, I just couldn't even believe it. I was like, oh my God, this is like completing my palette. So the only one that I haven't been able to find is blue, but there was an um, indigo plantation, like a whole indigo industry, of course, you know, led by the British, you know, because indigo has a very sort of dark and turbulent history that's, you know, tied with slavery and that sort of thing. And again, as much as it's this kind of renewable um, and absolutely incredible, like alchemical plant, like pigment, and the plant itself is just like so lovely. And so it's not necessarily harmful to any people, especially when it's like grown and cultivated yourself. But I, mm. you know, I, I really like, and I, I have to sort of owe credit to Tilka again, just for kind of reminding me that it's important when you're connecting with your pigments to, you know, like this plant that I'm growing has come, is like a descendant of these plants that were cultivated by slaves. And, you know, it's like, again, it's sort of just having that awareness yeah. and having that respect of for, you know, the people and the plants and, you know, just where these things have come from. Mm. I think that's, yeah. um, it all just, it just kind of ties into just like really connecting with the spirits of your pigments and, yeah. your, and all of these kind of, you know, reflections and connections. And this all then kind of comes into the paintings, you know, in different ways. So it's Absolutely. it's just this whole amazing journey. I, yeah, and I now understand your work so much better hearing all these things because I was looking at it and it's just, it's so captivating and you can feel the that, that there's something else going on than just, you know, painting these really beautiful, intricate figures. But yeah, just hearing you speak now, it just like, it clicks, you know, it's like, I'm like, yeah. Of course, that's why that's why you're really drawn into it like that. And yeah, it's just really important to have all that uh, awareness around every single aspect of, of what you're creating and um, really inspiring to to hear. Thank you so much. <laughs> that really means a lot to hear. <laughs> so for everyone that is very excited right now, me, uh, <laughs> to to go foraging themselves. Is there some some kind of like really super easy kind of thing that you can find almost anywhere that you can just kind of dip your hands into the earth right now and start experimenting with this? Do you have like... Yeah, you know, that is the amazing thing is that like, yes, <laughs> it's like everywhere, even in like cities and things, you know, there's, I mean, when I'm driving, so I have my little studio by my sister's house. So I kind of, that's my little where I go and work during the day. So I drive to my sister's house and along the way, there's just like, just little, I know them all like perfectly now. There's like just little patches of earth that you just see this bright orange come out or like there's a lamppost just outside of like a, you know, a walled cemetery that has just this yellow, kind of just a yellow earth just around the lamppost alone. And I always want to just kind of stop and just get out on the sidewalk <laughs> and collect a little bit. of. <laughs> um, but anyway, and really any kind of earth or clay or soil, you can, you know, get color from. And like, I mean, brown is a beautiful color as well. You know, it's, <laughs> I think that there is like this beautiful kind of subtlety that I've really come, like gotten really familiar with is that I could, you know, discern like this bright orange from, you know, someone might look at three of my foraged colors and be like, that looks brown, brown and brown. And I'm like, this is red, orange and yellow. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and I like that, the kind of subtlety in that and being able to sort of tune into that subtlety. Anyway, sorry, to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, go and take a walk and just 
just kind of tune in, you know, like feel your feet on the earth if if that's possible for you, depending on where you're walking. And yeah, look around, like you'll be amazed that, you know, there's just little patches of earth. And I mean, I would also recommend like if someone like was really interested in getting like more familiar with it to look on the Wild Pigment Project. I think it's .org. Well, just look up Wild Pigment Project. And she has these guidelines on reciprocal foraging. Mm. which is so beautiful. So it's kind of, you're also sort of having this awareness of where you're taking earth from, because of course there's safety is an important thing. You know, if it's somewhere near a quarry, you're not really sure what, what else is kind of like mixed in um, with the earth. And, but yeah, there's, it's, you'd be surprised. And (laughs) of course I am what I use mostly now because I really like to kind of use the, um, connect with the things myself is clay, soil or earth and rocks. But of course, if you're collecting rocks, there's like a really fun little trick where like if you just wet the rock and then scratch it against a harder rock, if a color comes off, you could almost definitely make a pigment out of it. Mm. But you're going to need to have like a mortar and pestle or you could break it up with a hammer or something. But then to really get it quite fine, you do need like a muller or a mortar and pestle yeah. or something. And that's, again, that's actually like a really a part of the process that I love so much. And it's it's such a labor of love because some people, you know, this is why these things are like mechanic, you know, mechanized now is because it's just way too time consuming for some people to, you know, go and like grind everything by hand. And it's hard, you know, it's mm. you build a little bit of a muscle, but um, that was something else that we kind of learned from David Kranswick. So going way back to the very, very beginning was this sort of like this participation in the process of doing this, you know, everything has meaning and everything has symbolism. So, you know, even like the mortar and pestle, you could sort of see as, you know, this, the kind of vertical axis uh, being the pestle and the horizontal axis being the mortar. So that's kind of like the, mm. just the union of heaven and earth or, you know, the masculine and feminine. And this kind of process is sort of just kind of reuniting those two or you know it's however you want to like put this meaning into it but it has this beautiful symbolism if you choose to connect with that so I love like I love my mortar and pestles (laughs) it's like really exciting to me I got some for Christmas from my cousin I was like oh my god it's so exciting he just had no idea why I even wanted this so bad (laughs) but um yeah it's it's really kind of engaging with that part of the process as well it's just adds adds to the beauty of the whole thing. Oh, here for all, all, all that you're saying. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, really, really beautiful. I think we should be wrapping up a little bit. One more question that I want to ask you. You've shared a few already, but something that I ask all my guests is if you want to share a source of inspiration that's kind of been a detrimental part of your creative journey. So something that people kind of following that lineage that we were talking about as well, kind of, uh, yeah, something that you've been really inspired by. I guess uh, something that I, um, that a book actually that I mm-hmm. had read while I was in school and I just have it on my shelf and I was like, I need to reread this book. And I just kind of like picked it up and flipped to a random page and I was like, I absolutely need to reread this book. It's so, so good. So that's what just kind of comes to mind mm-hmm. if you're interested in the natural pigments and the kind of alchemical symbolism of these pigments. There's a book called Alchemy of Paint or The Alchemy of Paint by Spike Bucklow. And it's a really easy read. And he sort of like just talks about like a few different pigments and just like all of the 
just amazing kind of symbolism that's based in like the medieval techniques and traditions and stuff. Mm. But it's just, it's absolutely incredible and magical. I actually can't wait to go and reread it as well. But yeah, if you're interested in in that side of it, it's very inspiring oh, and exciting. I am 100% <laughs> going to get this book. And I think a lot of people uh, listening to this will. It sounds really beautiful. Yeah, do it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing your story and bringing a lot of inspiration to my heart and I'm sure many more. Do you maybe want to share kind of how people can find you and what you're currently offering as well? So if someone is like, what's this girl making? Give it to me <laughs> then. Yeah, share. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, well, yeah, you could find me on, you know, Instagram, Annelie Solis. That's A-N-N-E-L-I-E-S-O-L-I-S. And then also my website is annaliesolis.com, which I kind of trying to update now so maybe you know check in a few weeks <laughs> <laughs> my current project which I'm quite excited about which actually I realize how have I not even spoken about this is that I'm making like custom birth charts or natal charts so you know if anyone's interested in astrology then you know that like the natal charts is just kind of like essential to it's basically like this kind of two-dimensional like snapshots of the sky at the time that you were born. So it shows like where all of the planets were against all of the signs of the tropical zodiac because it's based in sort of modern or Western or tropical astrology. And it shows like the angles that they make to each other. And if you connect with astrology and know how to like read astrological charts it gives you it's it's like your blueprint you know it tell, it's mm. everything about you and your temperament and your motivations and your life and it's it's really quite amazing and mystical and I'm very new in the astrology journey but I have always had like respect to it and I'm kind of like really trying to learn and connect with it more so this is for me as I was saying I like to learn through painting this is teaching me a lot and I'm just having such a good time with it so I'm making mm. um this, I mean, you could, you could get these, you could get your natal charts on, you know, any website, and it's just like a nice little image or whatever, but I'm making them beautiful and, you know, illuminated with the natural pigments. And it's got sort of based on, you know, an incredible like Islamic illumination of um, the birth charts of Sultan Iskandar. So this is from like the 14th century. So that's just kind of where I'm sort of drawing the kind of inspiration plus a number of other astrological charts. Um, sorry to be so <laughs> long-winded with this, but it's, I'm very excited about it. And, you know, I have a few orders that I'm doing now, but if anyone is interested in having their chart done, you know, get in touch with me. I'm really enjoying doing them. And each one is so unique and, you know, it's it's just beautiful circular diagram with the moon phases and all the signs of the zodiac and all the planets it's personified. It's really beautiful. Like I've, <laughs> I've seen them on your Instagram and it's just, oh, and also the way that you're creating, you know, like the little zodiac figures and it's, Oh, I I love it, love it, love it. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. I will yeah. I will share a picture of of your work as well as I'm going to share this episode because it's just hard to put into words or to kind of like convey, of course, through uh, through words. Yeah. Just something that you have to see and be enchanted by. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Can I just say thank you so much, Caressa, and thank you for reaching out to me. And I've listened to a few of your other episodes, you know, just in preparation. And <laughs> it's it's so enjoyable to listen to and just kind of feel inspired by art. And you have a lovely 
talking voice. Thank you. <laughs> it's very soothing. Thank you. Yeah. That's really, uh, yeah, that's, that's lovely to hear. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a joy. Thank you for your, for your time, for your presence. And um, yeah, I, I've had a lot of fun talking to you today. <laughs> Thank you everyone for, for listening, for tuning in. If you want to catch us on Instagram, I will share, of course, uh, Annelie, your Instagram as well. And if you want to chat with me about all things arts, crystals and more, then you can find me on my Instagram as well. I am um, super, super grateful if you want to give the podcast a little review on Spotify or Apple Podcast, because that helps me tremendously so if you have the um uh, the time for that then yeah lovely if you can thank you so much and speak soon <laughs>